Thank you, Lord. Now look at somebody around you and say, man, you're looking nice and clean. You at home, go look in there and say, man, go stand in front of the mirror and say, boy, look how good I look. My robe of righteousness on. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Now, I was going to do it at the end of service after I preached this whole message, but praise God, that just couldn't, I just couldn't wait. I just couldn't wait, man. God, I tell you, listen to me, church. God is doing something right now in this time. And if you'll be sensitive and listen to what God's doing, you'll be sensitive to spend time with him in his presence. You're going to find out that, man, God's got a great plan, a great, great something he's about to do in all of us. Amen. And the biggest majority of it is understanding who you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. So now let me preach a message to you. So get your Bibles out. Praise God. And if you would go into the Old Testament, title this message, not Superman. Superman can also be Superwoman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. That's what it is. Wonder Woman and Superman. Everybody gets feeling good. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. Old Testament scripture here, but when Moses was talking to the children of Israel, now I want you to hear this. When he was talking to them, and they're getting ready to take the second Ten Commandments down, you know, Moses comes down off the mountain with the first Ten Commandments and finds Aaron trying to make a golden calf, right? And he breaks, it, breaks the commandments. I don't think God told him to throw the commandments. I think he just got mad and threw a big old rock at everybody, you know? Moses was a frustrated preacher. God bless him for being able to handle six million murmuring people, but, you know... I mean, Lord have mercy. I can't imagine that. He was a very detailed person trying to keep everything in order, and then he, he hadn't been gone, but 40 days comes back down that already turned and got him a golden calf. You know? Wow. So uh, anyway, he tells the people in Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. he says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. I talked about this Sunday, about the curse. But he said, I set before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's not complicated. We try to make it complicated, and I'll tell you why. We try to make it complicated because what we want to do is we've got this silly notion that came from religion and works that says God's hand is both blessing and curse. It says, man, you know, do good and I'll bless you, but don't do good, I'm going to spank you hard. Because what we do is we, we relate our earthly fathers to God. And we try to say, well, that's how it is. And then it's, oh, yeah, but you know the Bible says God judges those, you know, what? God does this and God. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got to get it all in text to read it. But the Bible says plainly in, the, in James and other places, it says, man, good comes from God, bad comes from the devil. If you'll get that theology straight in your head. The rest is pretty good to understand in the Bible. It's pretty easy, pretty easy. And he says, I set before you a blessing and a cursing. Well, when you read the Old Testament, you've got to be watch. You've got to watch out what you're doing. Because in the Old Testament, most of the, the, the Jewish writers always wrote in what's called the allowative sense. In other words, in their theology, God is God. He's in control of everything. And he could stop it if he wanted to. And so if it did happen, he must have had at least allowed it. You following me? 
So if you keep a theology like that, then it gets all messed up because it doesn't fit in the whole, the whole book. It's like taking a, 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 a round peg and, and getting it, it'll go in a square hole. A square one won't go in a round one, all right? But a, a round one will go in a square one if you whittle it down enough and chink all the edges off and it get it in there where it'll fit. And what people have done is they've tried to whittle that thing down and shove it in the hole and beat it with a mallet and try to get that thing down in that hole because they want it to fit. Because they want to see God as the ultimate judge sitting up there and he is God and you do good, I will bless you. You do good, bad, I will curse you. But the problem is, and then the equation that doesn't work, they took out the devil and they took out free will. So I showed you Sunday that the curse came about in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve sinned. Boom, the curse comes about. It's the first time it's on the face of the earth. The curse came about. And then you see in Revelation 22, God said, now the curse is gone. I dumped, I got rid of it. It's no longer there. 20, it was 22, 3, I think. He says, I, I, the curse is not there. All right. But in the meantime, we're living in what's called the curse. The curse came upon the face of this earth at the fall in the garden. All right. It's there. It's out there. It's trying to woo you. If the nature of God is goodness. Now, how many, how many of y'all, you know, like if, I mean, we, we we're so blessed because we live in the country. We live out here in the middle. We're not facing with the city and all the stuff. And you can just walk outside and you can sit on your front porch and you can just watch some birds or you can listen to this or that or the other. And you can look at the beauty of it right now. And you just say, man, you tell me there's not a God, right? I mean, it's just, even this morning when we had a little cool, you know, and you sat there and you're like, you're so good, right? August will be thinking different, but right now, I mean, you know, we're okay. But the point is, is that you, you, you can sense God. You know there's good. You know there's a good God. Then you see somebody that does something for somebody or coming to church and being in the presence of God. You see the goodness. The nature of God is good. The nature of the curse is evil. The nature of the curse is kill, still and destroy. Now, if you get this just straight in your theology, just get your understanding of God straight and say, this, this, is the, this good comes from God, and this evil over here, we can say it comes from the devil, but really it's the curse. It's the nature of the devil, the curse. Jesus said to the Pharisees, man, you're of your father, the devil. There's, a, there, there's, there's things going on in the world today that, folks, is the curse. I'm not talking about just the coronavirus. I'm talking about the handling of the money of the coronavirus. I'm talking about the, act, the way people are acting. They'll kill you. You walk in without a mask, man, they'll kill you. Forget about the coronavirus. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, out of, it's just out of, out of proportion. It's out of whack. I'm not saying the coronavirus is not true. I'm, not saying, I'm just saying the handling of it. It's the curse working on people. Okay? It's the curse. So... There's a blessing and there's a curse. I don't know about you, but I want to stay in the blessing. I don't want to live in the curse. I don't want the curse to have any part of me. Well, Galatians 3.13. I gave you this scripture Sunday. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He has redeemed us. He has taken us out of the curse. Because the only way, let's put it real simple. Deuteronomy 11 said, if you obey, you get in the blessing. If you disobey, you get in the curse. Right? That's the simplicity of it. If you go read through Deuteronomy 28, the whole thing, it says you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed when you come out, blessed when you go in, blessed. You're blessed, 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 blessed. You read the curse, it says everything basically you try to do fails. That's living under the curse. All right? 
Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How did he redeem us? He redeemed us because he bought us on the cross, paid the price for our sin. Sin has always been the issue. The severance that broke apart in the garden has always been the issue. And when that issue is dealt with, then everything lines up. Now, let me ask you something. Was that issue physical or spiritual? Think about it for a minute. They physically ate the, you know, proverbial apple or whatever it was, right, from the tree. But what happened to them? Was it physical or spiritual? It's spiritual, right? Isn't it interesting that they, <clears throat> I don't know how the scene played out. You know, it's just one of those things you just kind of got to, you know, look at it in your mind and, you know, and, and just imagine, you know. But here they are, here's the tree, the devil's over there, you know. <laughs> You're going to eat. you got to eat from the tree. And so then she gets it, looks at it with Adam. They get it. They bite it. And then their world changed. Well, their world really didn't change, right? I mean, you know, technically, they're, they were still standing on the same ground. But that biting of it and that sin coming about, poof, changed. And all of a sudden, they feel vulnerable. They see that they're naked. That was not there before. Right? It happens to them just that quick. All right? So the interesting thing about this is when Christ has redeemed us on the cross, he redeemed us spiritually, instantaneously, boom. It's the reverse of what happened in the garden. They bite the apple. Oh, I'm, I'm naked. Right? It should be the other way. We get saved. Boom. I'm righteous. Because it's a spiritual matter. It's not a physical matter. Yes, it manifests in the physical. Yes, we see things happen in the physical, but it's a spiritual matter. Ephesians 1.3 says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing in heaven is yours. You already got blessed with it. So Christ redeemed us from the curse. So it was the exact instant he dies on the cross. He goes to the grave. He defeats de the devil, defeats hell, death, hell, and the grave, gets the keys, rises up on Sunday morning. Whoop, it's just exactly the opposite. Result should be in our life. So how then do we not walk in that all the time? Because the devil is still sitting on there, tickling our ear with his little stupid forked tongue, and we don't recognize it. We don't recognize it that it's... The curse trying to come back on us. We don't recognize that it's the devil trying to trick us. That person saying that something that's trying to get you irritated and get you to say something or launch off of your, but you're, you can't figure out why you and your spouse are arguing over something. It's just because you didn't forgive each other uh, uh, over that issue that happened. And then it sits there and he just gets in, he gets a little ground. And then before long, he talks you right off the throne, right down into the pit with him, the pit of doom, despair, and agony on me. And then you just sit there, and he's got you off the throne. When that's no, not where you believe, because God's looking at you as Superman and Wonder Woman. He's looking at you as righteousness of God. He's looking at you as the Son of God. He's looking from the, from the throne saying, where's my kids? What are they doing over there? Well, I couldn't. I didn't have enough. I, I, I got weak, and I, I, I fell, Lord, and I couldn't do it. I was too ashamed to come to the throne. What are you talking about? You have everything. All the power is yours if you just understood how to use it. All the power in heaven is yours if you just understand how to use your Superman. Come on, Superman. 
Put your cape on. So what happens is, is your redemption a reality or a theory? Is your redemption a reality or is it just a theory? Is it just a doctrine? Is it just a creed? Is it just a story in the Bible? Is it just a cliche that you say? I've been redeemed. Oh, I know Jesus. Or is it real? Are you a son of God? Are you sitting at the right hand of the throne of God? Do you have the power that Jesus had while he was on earth? Have you been endued from power, with power from on high? Or are you just going to be talked off the throne, talked down to just being merely a human on this earth who will die and go to heaven? You see, I don't know about y'all, but I want to lead millions to heaven. I want to lead millions to heaven. You say, Pastor, how are you going to do that? I don't know. I just know that if I be faithful to walk as a son of God, that he's going to give me that ability. I, I, I'm crazy. Oh, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because I got saved. See, I was lost in a pig pen. But I got saved. And then I love Jesus so much for saving me and making me righteous. I mean, I always think it's funny when I listen to read the prodigal son because I literally had pigs, you know. And I know how bad pigs smell. You can't get it off your hands. I mean, I'd put everything on my hands to try to get the smell off of me of the pig pen. And if you've never experienced it, you should go to a pig farm and get some and put it on you <laughs> and rub it into your hands so that you could know exactly and absorb this message. <laughs> Have something that will stay with you for the rest of your life. Get it on you, man. You can't get it off. But I'm so glad that he, he washed me. He cleansed me. He delivered me. He set me free. So I want to give him the biggest gift I can give him because I love him so much. So I want to present nations to him. I want to present millions to Jesus. I want to parade them all up here and say, man, Lord, look at all this herd I caught. Because it's the only thing I know to do that makes him happy is winning souls. Amen? So why? Because I'm so happy that I got to be a son of God. And he's not looking at me like, man, Robert stinks. Keep him over to the side. You know? He got me out of the pig pen of life. But is your, is your redemption, and is it a reality or is it a theory? And see, when things don't go right, the devil jumps on the, on the bandwagon and starts beating his drum and, 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 and just trying to chum up all that he possibly can to get you to start walking in doubt and unbelief. I'm driving down the road, and I called Dr. Brown about this to confirm this, to make sure that I wasn't preaching something that wasn't right, because you know if I get off of the Bible and, and get into something else, I could, I could mislead you, and I don't want to do that. I want to be a good shepherd. But I was riding down the road the other day, and I, I, I had the radio on, just, I don't know what it was on, just a regular country station or something, and the news came on, and they, it, they, were, they were talking about some new drug. I wasn't paying attention. I lost track of what it was, but it, anyway, it was a new drug that they're trying to use on the coronavirus, and so it said they did a blind test, and they, did, did, they had 100 people on the test, and they gave 50 the drug, and they gave the other 50 placebos to see if, uh, you know, if there was this drug worked, and it, it, it seemed to work. And then it just hit me. I mean, I'm, my spirit just erupts when I heard that. And I was like, wait a minute. 
They have to tell the hundred people that you're getting the drug. To every person that comes, you're getting the drug. And then they give the next one, you're getting a drug. But somebody probably got a placebo in that mix. You see, only half of them are going to get it. But they can't know. It isn't going to do any good to walk up and say, here, buddy, you get a placebo. Right? They don't know what they got. You know why? Because faith is an element that plays into everything, even science. So if the person's taking a pill, you can't just come up and say, oh, we already gave it to you. And they said, I didn't take it. You know what I mean? They've got to take something. Right? They've got to take a pill. They can't, like they can't look over there and see everybody else got one out of a bottle and yours came out of a, you know, candy wrapper or something. You know, they gotta, it's gotta to make the test work right. Everybody's gotta get the same looking pill, but only one of them has the medicine in it. Because you gotta believe by faith in what that you took something. Because faith messes those things up because there's people that are more spiritual than others and they operate in faith and say, oh, I got, I got the drug. Oh, man, I think I feel better already. Took that pill. And it could have been a placebo. So even science has to play, factor in faith. Isn't it amazing that faith plays that big of a deal in people who don't even necessarily know what faith is? Huh? So what I'm saying to you as Christians, born again, sons of God with your, 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 your robe of righteousness on, washed in his blood, holy cow, what's going to happen when you get your faith going? What happens when you rise up and say, Father, I thank you today I'm going to prosper. The devil wants to kill, still destroy me, but I'm not under the curse. And you said you came to give me life and life more abundant. So today I'm walking in abundant life. What's going to happen then? Well, you know, I just say those things because it makes me feel better. You've let the devil steal this from you. You are in Christ. All right? In Christ. Everybody say in Christ. You're in Christ. And when you're in Christ, okay, you're in Christ, right? And then if you speak, would that not be like Christ is speaking? Yet we pray and then look to see if something's happening. It really work. We do it all the time because you, the devil's whispering in our ears, tickling us with his old forked tongue, trying to get us off the throne because he's like, man, if they ever get this revelation, and I believe the revival that's about to come is the revelation to know who you are in Christ. And when it breaks forth in your life, well, then everything that you have need of starts to line up because you start to act like a son of God in authority, in position, in confession. And it's no longer just a theory, a creed, or a doctrine. It's your revelation. It's your reality. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You can't do that to me because I'm a child of God and I'm under the sin. And no weapon that forms against me will prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment will be condemned because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me. Do you hear that? My righteousness is of him, so therefore no weapon that forms against me can prosper. That didn't say it. No weapon could form against you. It's just said that when they do, they're not going to prosper. Listen, we live in a world where everybody's got free will. That means people have free will to serve wickedly or free will to serve righteously. So when you're dealing with a bunch of people that are want to serve wickedly, they're going to be slinging some mud and it's going to get on you. You're going to have some difficulties there. It's going to be some problems. No way around it. We live in a fallen world. We're not going to get out of that till we get to heaven. 
God weeds it all out. Everybody that's in the heaven is going to be righteous. <laughs> you don't have to worry about wicked men in heaven. But as long as you're on earth, you're going to have to deal with it. You've got to deal with the uglies. Hello? But you step back and you say, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, Lord. <sighs> I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and no weapon that forms against me is going to prosper. I don't know how you're going to do this, but you also said in Romans 8 that you said you're going to work all things to good for those that love you, and so you're going to work this whole thing out, and I'm going to end up winning in the end. No matter what it looks like, I will win in the end. Romans 3.25, this whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. You got passed over. That's what Passover is all about. He passed over your sins. The blood's, the death angel didn't come in. Why? Because Jesus is our mercy seat. He's the sacrifice. He's the one that went to the cross for us. He's the lamb without blemish that died for each and every one of us. Folks, this is not a good preaching. This is not just a good fairy tale. This is, this is the truth of God's word. This is who you are. you got to break off those heavy bands, man. Get that stuff off your head. Get that, you know. <laughs> you know, what was that? What was it? Remember that albatross that, that, that I, always, I always laugh about with the kids used to watch it? What was that old show called? The rescuers, the rescuers, my kids used to watch it all the time. When that albatross is, oh, my head's killing me. I feel like I have a vice on my head. And then he actually has a vice that they screwed on his head, you know? <laughs> yeah, you got to get the vice off your head, man. You got to, you know, you're just like walking around and say, get it off. What the devil's trying to hook you with and trick you with and lie to you, get it off. Don't give him any place. Jesus has already been the mercy seat. He's already prepared the way. He's already done it. Man, it's his time to just walk as sons of God. Colossians 1.21. And you who were once alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works, enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet he is now reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you. Oh, to present you. He did it to the reconciling of his body through death. He did it. He did it to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith. If you don't continue in the faith, the devil's going to lie to you. You're going to step off the throne. You're not going to be in Christ, and you're going to go over there to, you know, Wham-Wamville. And you're going to live over there in Wham-Wamville. It's right over there. If you don't know where Wham-Wamville is, it's right over there close to Yabut. Right? Yeah, but if this wouldn't happen, I wouldn't have done this. No. Mm, mm, mm. As long as you keep looking at everything in the physical, you're never going to walk in the spiritual. As long as you keep looking at yourself in the physical, looking at everything that's physical, looking at your bank account, looking at your 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 your, your you know your life, your livelihood, your your whatever, you keep keep looking at everything in your physical, and you're doing all that, you'll never and never seeing who you are in the spiritual, you're never going to walk in victory. You cannot walk in victory if you just keep looking in the physical. You've got to look at Jesus and what He did for you. And if you don't see that, well, then the devil's just going to keep whispering in your ear and take advantage of you. There is no battle going on. Listen to me. 
There is no battle going on. Jesus has already won. He has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. There's not. We're not in like the fourth quarter, and we don't know who won yet, and we, you know, we may have to go into overtime. No, Jesus already won. He bought it for all of us. The only battle is, are we going to be overcomers? Are we going to be the just who live by faith? 1 John 5.4. 1 John 5.4. This is one you need to have tattooed on the inside of your eyelids. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. This is where you're Superman. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's your faith. God is sitting on the throne looking at you as Superman and Wonder Woman. He's looking at you saying, man, these are my sons. I cleaned them all up. They gave their hearts to me. Do you realize how much he loves you? See, it's the devil getting us off all the time saying, well, if God really loved you, he'd do this. God really loved you, he'd do that. I don't know why we're walking through this. If God loved me, it'd be different. But I'm here tonight to tell you, God loves you. He loves you so much, he sent Jesus to die for you. Now what is he going to do? He's going to leave you alone? He's tired of messing with humanity. He's just going to say, well, work for a few. Let's wrap it up. You know? No, he loves you. He loves humanity. He loves his creation. Because he loves Jesus. And you're in Jesus. And it must grieve the Father so that we don't believe him more. It must grieve the Father so that we just don't trust Him and believe that He's really going to do something. And we don't overcome the situations and problems in life. When all we have to do is use faith, which you have in you already. You're not trying to find it. There's no sense in asking God for faith. It's already in you. The placebo test proves that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's where that song comes from. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I'm telling you, there is a spirit called the curse on this earth right now that is trying to steal the very revelation right there. It's trying to say that churches aren't important. It's trying to say that, that, that folks, listen to me. There is something wrong when people are fighting to open abortion clinics because they're necessary. They're essential. Do you, We've got to kill babies. We're going to have too many. I'm just, I, I can't even understand that. Now close the gun stores. There ain't no sense in anybody going in there and getting guns. But we need to open up over there and kill some babies. There are things taking place right now that I'm so shocked at that is being exposed of the ignorance of people that are in power, that I'm just like, holy cow, there's no hope for you. There's not even like, you're just a little goofy. You're way off. Like, I don't see any, have any hope that they can even come back just a little bit. Like, man, they're, why? Oh, golly. It's like, what? It's the curse. It's the curse working on them. And they've lived in it. So they want, to, they want to oppress church. They want to set and, and stop church. They do not want church. They've been fighting forever to get God out of schools and whatever. And even though everything starts, keeps going downhill, 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 they don't want to turn for it. They want to get God. No way. They don't want to have God involved in anything. Jesus, oh my gosh, you can't say that because you know this. But I just am, I'm just really amazed because they just know that, that we're supposed to be nice. 
It's the reason why they don't mess with us. I mean, the reason why they mess with us. Because they say, oh, Christians, you can walk over them because they're supposed to be nice. Now, other religions, they don't want to touch them because, oh, just don't get them stirred up. We don't get them to get mad. Yeah, they'll kill us. Right? But time's going to turn and change because when they start seeing the power of God loosed in people, okay? You're a new creation. Old things have, are, are, are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now let me ask you something. Did Jesus carry every person's sin to the cross that was ever going to be born? Did he do it physically? He did spiritually, right? It was a spiritual thing. What I'm trying to tell you is the more you live in the physical and everything is about the physical, then the less you're going to look at the spiritual. And everything that you've got, all of, your, all of your kingship and your sonship and your inheritance, it's all in the spirit. But everything in the world makes us want to think it's in the physical. So all of Hollywood looks a certain way and acts a certain way, and then they portray that this is, we, have, we are the elites. We have risen to this place of perfection that y'all, out of shape, old people, can never attain to. When the truth of the matter is that they're court jesters. They're the ones that people hired to entertain them while they were eating. And so they're goofy because they've got to be goofy to act like that. There's no intelligence to it. You just have to be goofy, an actor. You have to be a professional hypocrite. That's all it is. A hypocrite is an actor. You have to tell everybody else that you have no rights to kill the world by flying in an airplane, but it's okay for us to fly in our jets all over the place we want to because, you know, I mean, we've got to get there because we're the elites, we're important. Sounds like communism to me. Everybody should be living here, except, for, of course, for us, because we're the ones running it all. I mean, that's the first thing I've noticed about communism. Studying communism is they were not equal, because whoever was in the party did better than everybody who was not in the party. So <laughs> communism is not spreading it all equally. Hello? And that's what's taking place right now. It's part of the curse. It's trying to say, y'all can't do this. You've got to stop that. You've got to get, no, 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 no. Y'all are bad people. You just wait. Meat's going down. Meat, I mean, meat prices are going up. We can't get meat. Now the next thing I'm going to start, Peter's going to start rising up and saying, you can't hunt. Kill Bambi and eat it. Oh, my gosh. Probably shouldn't even said that. Loose it out there and gave the devil another idea about what to do. But I'm telling you, it's all part of the curse. Colossians 2.13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How many? That's right, all. Having wiped out the handwritten, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. You know, every time I read this scripture, I think about in the book of Daniel, and I can't quote you the chapter right now. Uh, I think it's nine, uh, but I can't guarantee that. Where the, the Nebuchadnezzar's son was having a party, and he goes and gets all the, 
gold chalices from the, from the temple and brings them in there, and then the finger comes up on the wall. You know, it writes meeny, meeny, whatever, you know, takamini. <laughs> and then they, then they bring Daniel in there to interpret it, and Daniel comes in there to interpret it, and he says, well, it basically, what it means in short is, You've been weighing the balance and found wanting. <laughs> I mean, you were put in the balance of God and oh, you didn't make it. Right? I'm so glad to know that because all the handwrite, handwritten requirements that was ever against me have been wiped away, I know that in the balance, I'm not found wanting because of the blood of Jesus. Just plead the blood. I, I, the blood's over me. Man, I got the blood of Jesus over me. I'm living in the blood. I'm living under the covenant of the blood. And so, therefore, the balances are going to tip the other way. Boom. Oh, yeah, look at that. Because we're not playing upon my standards. We're working with Jesus' standards because I'm in Christ. He said, oh, pastor, that's just too. I just, I mean, how could that be? I didn't make up the rules. He did. But all I know is he's in me and I'm in him. So therefore, I get to be Superman. You get to be Wonder Woman by the Holy Ghost. Now, you want to do it by works? Well, heaven help you. Because I'm just afraid you're not going to get it done. Because there's nobody in the last, you know, whatever, 6,000 years of history has ever got it done. And I really don't think you're going to make it. Because there's too many laws. There's too many requirements. There's too many things to be righteous by your works. Why are you trying to do it by your own works? can't do it. You can't ever make it. Okay, let me give you this, and I'm going long. It's my wife's fault. So let me give you this last scripture here. Hebrews 4.14. Hebrews 4.14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Hebrews 4.14. So then let me ask you this. What is your confession? If you read that in a King James, it says actually, what it, it says, hold fast your profession. And when I read that, I don't want to make it mean something that, I mean, it does mean this, but I don't want to paint with too big of a brush tonight. But folks, listen to me. Is your identity in that you're in the family of God? Is your identity in that you are a child of God? You're born again. You're washed in the blood. You're a part of the family. So if that's your identity, then that's going to be your confession. It's going to be your confession. It's going to be what comes out of your mouth. So that when you see the enemy or you see the enemy arising, you hear him whispering, you say, shut up. It's not what we do in our family. Our family over here, we walk under the blood. They listen to you. Sickness tries to come on your household, poverty, whatever, jealousy. It's not a part of, that's not who you are as a family of God. You're in Christ. He spiritually has won everything for you. Therefore, walk it out. Confess, make your confession what it should be so that you're walking as a child of God. Whatever you're confessing out of your mouth is really what you believe. I mean, that's the bottom line. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. Now, there's times 
that I catch myself and I hear myself talking wrong and I'll stop myself and I say, what, what, wait a minute, what am, I, what am I saying? What am I saying here? That's the normal way we are in the world. The only problem with this is if you stay in it. Catch yourself, stop, say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, whoa, 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 that's not right. I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. No, no, that's not what's going to happen. This is what the Word of God says. This is what's going to go forth. This is how it's going to work. No weapon that forms against me is going to prosper. Every time it rises against me in judgment, it's going to be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and I am a servant of the Lord, so this is my heritage, and I'm seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is what it says, and this is where I'm going, so shut up. You know, if you've ever watched a movie from the old days, like where there was a king, you know, the king, man, he pretty much just snapped his fingers. Bring me grapes. Grapes came. Right? Cut his head off. I mean, there wasn't a lot of argument when there is a king, because when you're a king, you have full control. It's an authoritarian rule, right? Now think about this. You're in Christ. All authority is his. Now you can't you can't fry anybody. You know, you can't. I mean, it'd be fun. But you got to remember if you could do that, then somebody could do it to you. Right? But you certainly can pray and loose angels. You certainly can speak forth God's word and know that it's affecting your life. And when there's obstacles in your way, knowing that God is straightening those paths out and bringing about the right thing into your life. And when you don't see something coming like it should be, you may want to stop and have a little more time on the throne in his presence to find out if you're even trying to get the kingdom in the direction he wants it to go. Amen? So, for everyone out there, Listen to me. You want to stop and you want to take some time and you're going to want to look and listen again to this message and get this down in your heart. Everybody in here, listen to me. You've got to keep practicing. You have got, this is not one message you're just going to walk out of here. I'm telling you you're free because I prayed it over you a while ago, but you're not going to stay free for very long if you don't get your confession going. So I encourage you, grab hold of the new confessions. Get hold of the old confessions. Get hold of the Word of God. Everything you can, start devouring the Word. Quit listening to all the doubt and unbelief that's out there. Quit listening to all the numbers they say it's going to die. They weren't right the first time. What makes us think they'll be right the second time? Uh-huh. I mean, it's like a weatherman. He always gets paid, and he's wrong most of the time. He does. He gets paid, and they're wrong. They should have them fired if it doesn't do what they, they did instantly. Like a trap door. Just opens up. Boom, get another one in there. Man, somebody would start getting the weather right. But most of the time, you could just call up to Junction and find out what's going on and be more accurate than what these guys get. But anyway, that's another story. But that's what it ought to be, you know. But what I'm saying is we've got to get our confession going. We've got to get ourselves speaking right. We've got to quit letting ourselves be talked out of that we're sons of God. Amen? So y'all that are in here, stand up. If you're at home, you can stand up. You want to. If you don't, I won't know that you didn't. 
But I want to pray over you. And by the way, those of y'all in here, the offering buckets are in the back of the church. If you have an offering and you want to put it in there, just put it in the bucket in the back. Those of you don't put it in your bucket, it ain't going to work there. You'll have to mail it or do it by, by electronic. But I want to pray over it anyway. I want to bless it. And I want to bless everybody in here. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, I pray over finances. I pray, Lord, that where the devil has lied to people and said they're going to go broke and they're not going to be able to pay their mortgage, Lord, I declare that is not what your word says. Your word says that you abundantly prosper your servants. So, Lord, no matter how it looks, I declare that they rise up, they get their confession right. We get to speaking the word of God out. It goes forth, Lord, and you bring in finances from the north, the south, the east, and the west into their hands to pay every bill, every mortgage, every car payment, every electric bill, everything that there's need of, Lord. Where people don't have a job, I think you provide a job for them right now. Lord, whatever they need, I just declare, Lord, you make a way where there seems to be no way because that's who you are. You're our Father. And we praise you for it. So, Lord, bless those offerings. Bless the people. Lord, as they've listened, as they've heard this message, I just declare the revelation that we are in Christ, that we are Superman and Wonder Woman, comes about in their life. And we praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you.